This is Alpha Geek Radio. Welcome everybody to the wrestling panel. How are y'all doing today? Thank you all for coming, by the way. I didn't expect, I didn't expect this many people. This is very cool. Uh, no, this is this is exceptional uh, for those, I guess, for posterity. Uh, I am Justin Robert Young. Joining me, uh, I'm Mike, better known as Ice Warm, and I'm just Joe. <laughs> just some guy in spandex from uh, just some guy from Jersey in spandex. Former uh, Grand Slam wrestling champion. Yes, sir. Joe Image. Uh, yes. Give oh man, cheer yes, sir. Uh, so, like, like, like Joey said, thank you all for coming. Uh, this is uh, exceptional that you guys are all here. Obviously, uh, uh, wrestling is a a close and passionate niche, uh, although not always the biggest. I find uh, maybe always the loudest, and uh, I think always the most fun. Uh, and another, can we just get a gigantic round of applause? Uh, Ice Worm has made this like a crusade for the past year. <laughs> so please give him yeah. a round of applause. The only reason why this is happening. This, this whole idea actually came about last year in Nerdtacular. Oh, yeah. No. I, I grabbed Tom Merritt at the airport on my way home and said, hey, maybe we can do a wrestling panel. Just like in a very, like, he's never going to go for this kind of way. Like, just bullshit him. And he, yeah. months later, he's like, hey, how about that thing? No, absolutely. And then we all talked, and this, here we are. I think I got home from Lathertacular and emailed you like right away. Oh yes, no, I remember. Uh, it was you were you were you were very. There was no chance of this flame going out. Uh, you were you were on it, and I'm like I know this is a year to like a year out or more than a year. Out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. But I wanted to talk to him. Talk to yeah. Dills was going to be a part of it. Yeah. Dills was going to be here too, but he's. Moving yeah. This no, we, we definitely missed Dills. Okay, so let's start off with uh, the the intensely. Unfortunate uh, breaking, news that we breaking just, news within the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, we, we just got that uh, uh, former world champion uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, one of the icons, the titans in uh, the sport of professional wrestling, uh, is dead at the age of sixty-one from what is being reported as a heart attack. Um, Joey, you uh, he had cancer, which I don't know if that had anything to do with this. Yeah. Um, but the TMZ story that I saw was a heart attack as well. Yeah. Although I know he had cancer. I don't know if that was anything yeah, I, I mean, related. It was, or... it was at his home. Unfortunately, and this is in large part just because of uh, the, the lifestyle with which, you know, a, a lot of uh, you know, professional wrestlers, uh, unfortunately, uh, live. That dying young of heart attacks or younger than they should of heart attacks is something oh, yeah. that... We have seen as fans, and, and for you as, I have, as, a, I have friends, as a co-worker, yeah. uh, all too much. Yeah. Um, a former tag team partner, uh, Paul Enormous, uh, his real name is Paul Fuchs. He passed away at, uh, uh, Jesus, Paul was 34, I think. Yeah. Um, from a heart attack, from the, the living the life, I guess you call it. Well, well, let's let, let's talk a bit about Piper before we get into yeah, yeah. kind of uh, uh, that element. Although I, I do want to touch back on it because it is kind of so fresh in everybody's minds. Uh, and by the way, this is not how we planned on starting this off. No, <laughs> this is kind of just like I said. No, this. it wasn't. We didn't say like, all right, well, there's gonna be a legend dying at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I didn't mean it that specifically. I just was, yeah, I was sitting in another panel just checking Twitter and like I was just like saw that I was like, 
Yeah, this right. is gonna be interesting. Oh, good lord! All right, so so uh, Piper Piper memories. Uh, uh, Iceworm, what is your what is your greatest uh, Piper memory? Uh, well, I didn't really, really watch a whole lot of the, the the earlier stuff, like as it was coming out or happening. Like in probably, the '80s, you're talking about? Yeah, I remember it was probably like '96 when he came back for like Halloween Havoc and Challenge Hogan. Yeah, and then the whole Starcade thing where you know put Hogan to sleep, and then the, you know they. Like the the NWO denied that it happened, and then they had a, a series of matches, and that was that's kind of like when I got back into wrestling. Yeah, after a few years of not watching it in like the early early nineties or like late eighties. So that's one of mine. That's fine. You're allowed. Go. That's fine. Awesome. I'm actually used to doing this anyway. That's good. Uh, so uh, Joey, what is your what is uh, the the indelible Piper memory for you? Um, I never actually met the man, unfortunately, but I do have one um, Piper-related memory that is not great. <laughs> but uh, I was at a. Are you? Why do you? You are just fiddling. Yeah, it, like everything's unscrewing here. Everything's unscrewing me. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I was at a clinic with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, in. 2006 or seven, something like that. And we, we were, you know, we were all in the ring and uh, a couple of guys were doing spots or whatever. And he stopped, he got a phone call and he was like, excuse me, I gotta take this. And he walked over to, to, to the, you know, other side of the, uh, the room that we were in. We yeah. kept doing our, our, our stuff. And then he came back over and said, I have to interrupt anybody, everybody. Uh, I'm sorry, but I have to go. I just got a very important phone call and some very bad news regarding Roddy Piper. Um, and he said, uh, I can't tell you what it was, but the fact that I got the phone call is not to leave this room. Yeah. And then it came out the next morning that he had cancer, but he had cancer. Yeah. That was the phone call from him to the million dollar man while we were at that clinic. And all of us were like, the next day we were all, you know, emailing each other like, holy shit, this is. That's what like, happened. This is, yeah, this is what happened while we were there. Like, this is insane that we were there while this legend got this phone call from another legend saying, dude, yeah. I have cancer. This is. Kind of shitty. Uh, in the ring, what is your greatest memory? What, what, what do you think? You know, if, if you have one one memory that lives forever from from Rowdy Roddy Piper, what is it? Him and Hammer Valentine, the dog, the, the dog collar match from '82 or '83, whatever it was. Those are brutal. Yeah. If, if, oh yeah. If I've seen them not, live. They're insane. If you have not watched that on on because it's on the network, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is a level of brutality. That even you know in in the the world of, of, of death matches and uh, uh, you know uh, obviously the you know blading and or blood in, in yeah. uh, you know is, is not as prevalent now as it was Thankfully. you know ten years ago right. uh, but those matches are just insane, insane. oh yeah, yeah. like especially and, that one in particular which yeah that just I'm, got I'm, out I'm of sure the, the I'm sure the network will do some kind of retrospective deal now that this is. Now that he's passed away, I'm sure that match will be a part of it. Clips from that match, at least. Safe to say that Rowdy Roddy Piper did not have the uh, best reputation uh, <laughs> in, in in the industry, and not to speak ill uh, of the dead. But uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to think about this news when you know you just had you know the, every, obviously everybody's being asked about Hulk Hogan's uh, situation. Did you, see he his, is, did you see his response to that? Yes. He was also on TMZ saying, oh, he just had a bad day. Yeah, really? you know, there's that. And then there was a really awkward interview he had on the Rich Eisen show that was that I didn't hard see. to watch. I didn't um, see that or hear that. 
it's yeah. I mean, it's just it's 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 not a good look on any level. So uh, you know, I, I think that's about as far as we can go on on the legend that is uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Of course, prescient on a weekend that uh, you know uh, Ronda Rousey, who called and asked for permission to use the nickname Rowdy, Rowdy. and yep. is a, a trailblazer herself, a fight. So yeah. uh, you know, tribute to to Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I wonder if she'll wear guilt to the. Out there on the come out, yeah. Come I, out I with could, the, with, like, with the bagpipes. Like, doing yeah. it. Yeah, it's like a, a tribute or something. That would be really cool. Yeah. Get her on the phone. Get her. All right. <laughs> Call Rhonda. Uh, all right. So let's get into a little bit more uh, fun, sunnier, fun happier, fun, stuff, yeah. uh, fun elements of wrestling since wrestling is a, a super fun time. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I feel like we could just kind of do Q and A, right? Of just people like you know. On, on That's whatever. cool with me. Yeah, whatever, whatever y'all want to talk about, what, whatever, whatever we want to talk anything specific. I, I have nothing specific in mind. I always just call it in the ring. Okay, so how about this? Uh, if you would like to ask a question, come on up here, and, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll share the microphone. The first person who comes up uh, who comes up will get this Night Attack uh, T-shirt, uh, which is Craig. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a Night Attack T-shirt, by the way. Greg! Hey guys. Um, so my question is this. It has to do with like social media in relation to like kayfabe and stuff like that. Oh One of my favorite topics to talk about. Okay, so I mean, do you think that's a benefit to, you know, the, the community and stuff like that, kind of seeing behind the scenes? Or do you think it's better like back in the day when it was, you know, the storylines and that was it? Thank you very much, Craig. Here's your t-shirt. Uh, well, let's go with somebody who uh, actually has uh, skin in the game, uh, Joe Image. I'm not a fan of it. You're not um, a fan of what? what, what, what well, there's, it there's, there's pros and cons to social media as it pertains to professional wrestling. Um, obviously, everyone knows the show, but we don't need to rub it in. Or we don't need to... Um, what's not, not rub it in. What's the word? Just expose all the, all, all the mystery to it. Yeah, like, like, you already know the show. I don't need to tell you repeatedly, like, hey, this is not... You know, this is not... Like, I knew he was in the wind the other night. Like... It's just there's obviously there's, there's pros and cons and 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 the pros are like you know you can talk I, I can go on Twitter and and talk to Brian Dan, or Daniel Bryan I'm sorry and uh, John Cena whoever else I want to I can go on like Twitter or Facebook or whatever and talk to those guys and have a one on one and kind of get to know them some of them are cool with like following fans and stuff um, but at the same time that being a pro. A con to me is I can go on Twitter and just talk to Daniel Bryan. Like uh, I don't want to do that. Like I don't want to. I don't want to know him as a person. I want to know him as the wrestler. So, so you're you're saying that I mean, there, there's an old story about James Brown uh, where there was like a gigantic concert and everybody else is walking into the hotel where all the uh, bands are staying and there's a bunch of groupies and, and fans and stuff in the lobby and while everybody else's whole band walks through, he needs to go through the kitchen because nobody wants to see James Brown in jeans. They want to see James Brown oh, yeah. in a in a sparkly Sequence, suit. Yeah, you know, like uh, you're doing on stage in his element, and so that cheapens on, on some level uh, the, the spectacle that is pro wrestling. Which, uh, I believe so, yeah. Especially for American pro wrestling is, is such a yeah. huge part of it. It's such, yeah, uh, American pro wrestling is such a Hollywood and, and entertainment. It's a a pageantry. Yeah, it's a lot more uh, non-sport than it is sport. Why do I feel like this Man, you just cannot pick whether or not... Can you all hear me still? Yes, everybody can hear you. I hear you guys okay, but I don't hear me at all. No, it's, I, I can hear you. I can hear you fine, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that's like kind of the pros and one of the pros and cons. I, I'm also not into the fact that. Uh, all right, Hogan. 
Uh, I mean, uh, I can't say the name. Um, other than the, like, the fact that you can, I also don't like the fact that I can just go on Twitter and like read their tweets to like other people. Like, especially when I, when I put on, I'll, I'll put on TV and I'll see, uh, this is in the past, but I'll see like Kofi Kingston against CM Punk on like a Monday Night Raw. And then I'll go on Twitter and see them talking about playing video games together in Punk's bus. And I'm like, really man, like you gotta, I'll, I'll tell you a story uh, uh, since you brought up the word kayfabe. And I actually have a free a shirt I'm going to give away that's got that on here. It's actually a picture of my actual license. Well, here, actually, if you, if you can, if you can put, put pause on that one, uh, one second. Mike, as, as a fan, what, what, is, what is your, what, what do you think about, you know, does social media diminish the shared illusion of kayfabe? I, I think overall it, it does. I mean, I, it's kind of probably at this point like unavoidable because they're just going to go with it anyway. But I think, you know, when you, when you can go onto either Twitter or, like, you, you, know, you know, any of, like, the wrestling websites and see what's going to happen, like, before it happened, like, with the last show with, I'm not, don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen, but everybody was focused on somebody returning, and then I think that kind of diminishes, like, the match you're actually watching, because you're trying to, you're focusing oh, on, right. oh, is so-and-so actually going to come in to interfere in this match? And it, you know, it detracts from your attention to the actual match. So, but, but, but what one might say to that is that to both of those, you are self-selecting in social media. You choose to have a social media account. You choose to follow the people you follow. Like, I don't think that, uh, you know, I follow, I read Squared Circle. I follow, a, you know, I, I subscribe to the Dave Meltzer newsletter. So, like, <laughs> I, I am going to get the stuff that I have paid for either by money or by my attention. Yeah. If you want to keep yourself pure, for, for lack of a better word, you can. You can just watch the product. Exactly. And um, I think Dave Meltzer's going to give this four and a half stars because it's not in the <laughs> Tokyo Dome. Yes. And that is, that is absolutely true. Um, um, but, sorry, so but, you, you, had, you had a story about yeah, KFAB. Is somebody else who wants to ask a question? Then, quick then story about KFAB since Craig brought yeah, it up. Yeah. Uh, 2004, I was wrestling for a company called World Star Wrestling in Pennsylvania. I was their cruiserweight champion. Um, I was a bad guy, or a heel, as we call it in the business. So, basically, the, 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 the thing that a lot of people don't, underst- or don't seem to understand fan-wise is that heels are bad guys. They're just they're not nice guys. That's it. They're, you know, if, if, if a heel... <laughs> Basically, uh, what happened was we, we did the first half of the show. I was um, semi-main event because I had a title. So I was the match right before the main event, which was the last match. So we did the first half of the match and then intermission. So during intermission, guys go out and we call it selling gimmicks. Guys go out and sell shirts, DVDs, whatever, for 15 bucks, by the way. Uh, also, <laughs> prowrestlingtees.com slash showyimage. Um, <laughs> I got to throw that in there. No, so on, guys go out and, and sell their gimmicks. So I, I went out. And I uh, went to the hot dog stand or refresher stand, wherever I went. And a little kid who could have been more than five or six year old, I'll, I'll never forget this story because it's brought up to me constantly um, about how much of a prick I, I shouldn't have been. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so a kid comes up to me about five or six, asks me for an order. I'm wearing my belt, or I'm carrying my belt, one or the other, um, because I'm on the show. I don't want to look like, no offense to anybody, I don't want to look like a regular fan. I want to look like a wrestler, I want to I dress the part. So I'm at the refreshment stand getting whatever. A little kid comes up to me and says, can I have your autograph? And I turn around and say, F off, kid. Uh, not as kindly as I just said it, but yeah. that was the, um, you know, That's, that was the gist so of it. So here, before, before we get to this question, I want to ask you this. So is there a line that you have? Well, there's more to that story. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. After that happened, I, I go in the back. Uh, we do the rest of the show. Parents come up to the promoter who was yeah. 
after Vince McMahon put himself on the show, every promoter wants to be the focal point of their own shows. Yeah. So this guy did the same thing. So after um, after that incident happened, they call it an incident. Uh, the parents went up and was like, "This is ridiculous. This guy said this to my kid, and you know, all he wanted was an autograph. He should have done that. We're not going to come back." And blah blah blah. So the golden child of the um, of the promotion, who you saw me wrestle in, Ju- in June, yeah, uh, uh-huh. Glory, came to the back. In fact, Luke Gallows was here and was there when this happened. Okay. Uh, and he's like, "Listen, we had a situation where somebody apparently mouthed off to some kid, and um, you know, the kid got very upset and started crying. Went back to his parents. They threatened to not come back. And I stood up and I was like." Uh, that was me. Don't let them come back. That's all. Who cares? They'll come back. <laughs> so I, they go to sit down. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we have to all go out there and apologize to this kid and his family. And I go, I'm not apologizing. That's all. And I sat down. Yeah. And I got, well, wh- why, why not? Like, we all, you know, we want these people to come back. We want repeat customers. And I'm like, well, first of all, we're not sold out. So it's not like, you know, they're, they're breaking down doors and getting here. So if those two people don't come, we'll get... Two other people come, that's all. Yeah. And they didn't charge for kids under a certain age, I think it was 10 or 12 anyway. So that kid wasn't money out of their pockets. And uh, my whole deal was, I'm a bad guy. So if I say something mean to you, I'm doing my job. If you don't, you know, if you if this little kid cries over it, I've done a freaking spectacular job. Why, yeah. Why should I, you know, why should I be, be yelled at for, for essentially doing what I'm supposed to do? That million dollar man uh, douchebaggery about kicking the basketball. <laughs> yeah. I for yes, that. where he kicks, where he kicks the basketball. Well, that that is, I mean, uh, just also uh, soaked in in uh, racial melodrama, like that <laughs> oh, particular. Well, yeah, the little kid was just yeah, little little black kid dribbling a basketball and then having it kicked away before he wins a hundred dollars. Uh, if you haven't seen it, educate yourself. Oh, it's uh, amazing. But so my whole my whole point was, why would I go out there and apologize when sure. I've essentially done what I've wanted, what, what I'm hired to do? So, so, do you have lines though? Like, like, is there like, uh, you know, we went to your final match, and there's a bunch of people that are, are here, and there was a very, very sweet guy next to us, and I don't know whether or not he had learning disabilities, but but uh, he had a bunch of hand handwritten signs on loose leaf paper. Signs that guy comes every single paper, month, right? And, and and I certainly got that sense, right? Being mean to that guy on the street makes you maybe the worst person on the planet. Agreed. Right? Agreed. But the line, there is this very interesting line where the people he loved the most yeah. were the bad guys that kept ripping the signs out of his hands, tearing it up, and he kept throwing holding it up the next face, one too. And he would hold up the next one. So that's great, right? That's act that is that is behavior and you see that worldwide, lighting flags on fire, wiping your butt with it like in, in a foreign country. Uh, yeah, saying the worst thing that you could possibly say to enrage a, a local crowd. Is there what what is the, is there a line internally for you that even theatrically as a bad guy, as a heel in this shared illusion uh, scenario that you won't cross? Well, other than, well, I, I almost said other than racial stuff, but I've crossed that line, um, which I can tell you that story if you want me to. But uh, well, well, let's say we got to get. I can censor that story. Uh, um, but uh, I, I think my only thing is like the dead. Like I wouldn't bring up like I don't know, like some kid calls me an asshole. I'm like, hey, your mom's dead. Like uh, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, how do I know that she is? Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I have I have respect. That'd be a really interesting thing to just have a, as a go-to, like just in case. Well, your mom's dead. No, she's not. All right. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, but like, I don't know, something like that. Like, I, I, I have too much respect for the dead. I couldn't, 
I wouldn't do something like that. Like, gotcha. Which, I, now that you say it like that, it actually sounds kind of weird, but... Like they pulled with Batista and Mysterio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the Eddie Guerrero thing. Like, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. If I, if I... I mean, I know they talked to Ray about it, and he was okay about it, and, and Vicky Guerrero was all right with it, but I don't think I could have done that about Batista. I mean, not to mention, you know, with the, the punk Undertaker, Paul Bearer uh, situation... Well, yeah, uh, his uh, his kids were were given or his kids gave you. A- oh yeah, no no no. I mean, but apparently everybody and again in the dropping world of the professional urn, wrestling. Yeah, she's in it. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, no, that's another one that uh, everybody should. And hear. and this is coming from a guy who knew Paul Bear and worked with Paul Bear, and and he would have been totally cool with something like that. I just I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to do, have done something like that. Well, first I wanted to just say thank you for you guys doing this because, yeah, we are you, vocal and loud minority, but we do like... Marks. <laughs> uh, Good. Thank you for being one, You didn't mention your favorite Rowdy Rowdy, so, uh, uh, Rowdy Rowdy, so I'd love to hear that. And then also, for each one of you, you have a time machine, you have the ability to go back in time, whatever. There's one... You can take someone with you or you just want to go back in time. For Joey, I'd like to know who is it that you would love to wrestle that you haven't. And for the other two, I'd love to know what match would be your dream match that you would love to see. That's a great question. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, so real quick, my Rowdy Rowdy Piper memory. I, I've, I mean, he will always be remembered, uh, I think, uh, uh, primarily for his, his mic work. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, he was amazing. He's, he's uh, one of the very few wrestlers that can... Uh, act charismatically, like not just act I think, imposing. I, I don't mean to cut you off. I think CM Punk put it best on his DVD, on his CD or, whatever, or his DVD when he said, uh, "He said he was a guy that would walk to the ring in what people would call a skirt and just scream at everyone, and nobody liked him, and he didn't care, and that just was more fuel for him to do." He was that much better on the mic, and he was one of the best stickmen in the business forever. He was great, and 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 the two memories that I have, of course, uh, you know, Piper's Pit, and, uh, you know, cracking the coconut over over Jimmy Snooker's head. Uh, and I can then, tell you from experience, Snooker probably didn't even know what happened. He was probably so yeah. uh, stuff up his nose; he probably uh, didn't know what was going on. But to to Mike's point, uh, probably the, the the most emotional that I had a connection with him because it was when I was most passionately into wrestling was his WCW run, and I remember very very vividly him. Uh, accusing the Vince Russo thing? No, this is uh, it was him. Uh, it was uh, Bischoff's heel turn, where Bischoff was was allegedly trying to make the match that everybody wanted to see of Piper versus Hogan uh, at Starcade, and turns out he couldn't do it. Couldn't get Piper. Wouldn't do it. He wouldn't sign. Oh well, I guess we'll have to move on. Piper comes out, and and I just remember just verbatim. Uh, uh, I got, wait, wait, when you went to my house, was the road, curve me a straight, curve me a straight, curve me a straight, you can't answer it because you never went there. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, it was such, it was just, it was just great storytelling. It was like, this was oh, yeah. an irate lunatic that was going to take down the villainous uh, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And they're... In the, the, the rematch that they had, I think it was at Super Brawl that year or something like or that, or the year after, so 97, because Starkid was at the end of 96, but... They, like he had a storyline where Piper was like like exiled himself to Alcatraz to train. <laughs> For the record, it's also it also deserves to be said that this was probably 
a, a bad decision to put two 80s superstars in the mid-90s together while, uh, you know, uh, while, while, while WWE was, uh, was, was putting young guys that were, you know, putting the business yeah. forward. Uh, all right, so, uh, Joey, you can go back in time. You can wrestle anybody you want. You can stay in the modern era. You can wrestle them at their peak. Who do you wrestle and when do you wrestle? Oh, my God. I, I'd probably say Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody. An insane maniac, and I loved him. And such. If, well, if not that, if not him, then Luke Thatch, because who can't learn from Luke Thatch? I would learn a million things. Oh, that, that's fascinating. So, so you, you're looking at it in, in a sense of not necessarily the product that, that you would put on. I mean, obviously, you want to have a good product, but how much you would learn oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from I'm, somebody. I'm thinking what I would get out of it that I could then use to, to, to move forward and better myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Brody. If 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 you're familiar with if you're not familiar with Bruiser Brody or Luthez, look them up on YouTube, please. You can't go wrong, especially Luthez. He was, if if not the best, one of the top five wrestlers or hookers in the world. Um, and hooker is just a shoot wrestler, catch wrestler. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would look at it as I can learn a lot from this guy, so I can learn a ton from Luthez. I would love to wrestle him in 1938. Yeah. Um, when he got super big or started to get big or whatever um, but him and Brody are such opposite styles Brody was just a wild man that would just kill you if he wanted to and and Luthez was such a technical yeah. like I said a catch wrestler a hooker that I mean you're really learning both ends of the spectrum and Brody really way ahead of his time oh, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. if you look at the kind of style that, that you know sort of went on after him and the, the, the thing with Brody uh, I was talking about his character hey, did you, real quick, how many people are, are familiar with Bruiser Brody like uh, Bruiser Brody and, and it's, it's because he sort of falls uh, before the, the, the great hegemony of uh, or hegemony of, uh, of, of, of professional wrestling and there's not a lot, uh, you know, even video-wise compared to other wrestlers of him. I was lucky uh, enough to acquire a Best of Bruiser Brody 12-disc set. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's uh, but... Him and Flair, oh, Christ, it's just... He was just, just a gigantic guy, uh, and it's 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 a it's an insanely tragic story uh, how oh, a yeah. guy died in, in the very shady circumstances. I won't say Invader in 1 did it, but Invader 1 did it. <laughs> Wait, but he's not watching this, so he's not going to come find no, me. No, whatever. He, uh, he stabbed him in the shower, stabbed him to death in the shower. Guys were stepping over him because they didn't want to say anything, they didn't want to do anything. Um, in fact, I, I did a training session in Atlantic City in 2011. It was myself and Tony Atlas training, uh, well, trainees. I don't know how the hell I got involved in that, but yeah. um, Tony Atlas was, was the was guy there. that yeah. was holding him when he went. And, and he was like, I, I didn't know what, you know, he's like, I didn't want to. Um, do anything? I just kind of held him there until the, the paramedics got there, and they were there. And he was already dead after they got there. Yeah, no, uh, insanely tragic story. Uh, Mike, if you can uh, put two wrestlers together of any eras, who do you put together? Uh, this is probably cheating. I'm uh, sorry, excuse me. Probably cheating a little bit because I remember watching a Seth Rollins interview a few months back, and he was saying his dream match or like who he would want to wrestle would be Shawn Michaels. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Seth, Rollins, Seth Rollins right now versus Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels in his prime. Yeah. In his 90, prime. Oh. Like 96 Shawn Michaels. That would have been amazing. Like that. that would be amazing. I mean, I know it's cheating a little bit because like, it was already mentioned. Yeah. But when he said that, I was like, that would be, that would be awesome. You know, the funniest yeah. thing about that match would be is it would almost, a, a, in, in a weird way, it would expose uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, thought to be insanely athletic, of course, for his era, 
WWE just confirmed the Piper thing. Two yeah. Uh, insanely, uh, you know, uh, athletic for his era, but compared to Seth Rollins, like uh, he he would be limited. You know, he would be he would be uh, very limited for you know the kind of CrossFit freak that is uh, <laughs> that is Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins yeah. Uh, uh, my my pick would be. And this is only because he is my hero, and and uh, and watching Thank old you, matches. I, him. I know it would be Joey Image versus uh, another like clone of Joey Image. Uh, oh well, you're not. I'm sorry, but that's not going to sell any tickets. I <laughs> know uh, uh, it'd be Joey Image versus uh, the kid he told to f off. Uh, Apparently, that already happened. I won. The kid was in tears. So. Exactly. Sure. Uh, it would be. Uh, and I'll only say Stone Cold Steve Austin because uh, he had such a great uh, run, of course, with Vince McMahon as a, as a non-wrestler to carry yeah. a, a non-wrestler against and in his prime and maybe even pre-WWF uh, 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 Bobby Heenan. Uh, you know, Bobby Heenan is my hero, and, and there is nobody... Better at. I couldn't tell the way you spell off of the mouth all the time. I know. <laughs> uh, and it was always the, 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 you know, half the reason for me to tune in, uh, you know, oh, and, yeah. and watch WWF uh, when I was a kid, just because there was just something. I mean, talk about just knowing how exactly to get under your skin and yeah. being so fast uh, that it, he's somebody that I, I don't think we've really ever seen. Maybe in speed, you know, in terms of reaction time. You have Jerry the King Lawler maybe in the 90s uh, uh, at that level, but nobody was as funny, and nobody no. could... I mean, like, if you watch old uh, WWF or on the network, they have a oh, great... Oh, yeah, Wrestling Challenge and stuff. They just had a whole ton of it. Yeah, and, and he would always... They would, they would run, uh, you know, this, this gimmick from... from uh, or for an angle from, uh, you know, territory to territory where he would go and get under the skin of the biggest badass in the company and eventually it would end in him uh, you know in the ring with the badass uh, and he would get the uh, living shit kicked out of him uh, and then he would get put into a weasel, weasel suit, suit. Oh, and just like if, if you just think of like what catharsis that is for the crowd that like just has like their hero just who's like this dude Bobby the Brain Heenan legitimately smarter Oh, and yeah. probably everybody in the business. Oh, he's yeah. smarter than your hero, and he knows it. Yep. He is smarter than you, and he knows it. And he will run circles around you with his mouth. And then to just put him in a weasel suit is uh, <laughs> amazing. Just humiliate him in front of the crowd. And, and there's, it's great on the documentary because you just see, uh, you know, just like all these different versions of it. But he always just has this same, like waking up from just being like completely decimated and then yeah. like wiping his face like... Yeah, he sees the furry, the furry sees the furry hands, and now he's trying to get he out of the it. Tail. He sees the tail, runs around. Yeah, yeah, he's running around with the tail. How, so how, how tragically coincidental that a guy that made millions using his voice is now a throat cancer and half a mouth. It's 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 really. I mean, to me, I, I want. Uh, we need the the Stephen Hawking situation for for Bobby the Brain Eaton. Like there's, the, it, it, it's, he's too good. He's too good. He could, he could be a commentator on a wrestling show with the, with the Stephen Hawking. Oh yeah, oh, device. Be, like it would be the best. That's hyperly really fast. That's all. He'd yeah, still be faster than Byron Sex. Boom. He's fast enough to keep up with him, but uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so good. 
Uh, I think, uh, what, how long does this panel run for? Does anybody know? We Are we already over time? Yeah, I think we have until 5.30. 5.30? I believe so. All right, cool. Then we got time, for, six, uh, we, we got time for a few more questions. So if somebody yeah. wants to come up and, uh, and ask, come on up, come on up, come on up. All right, I need to start off with a little bit of background. Um, I grew up since like the early 90s on like old school WWF stuff. Loved it. That was like my life. Me and my friends like watched every pay-per-view and everything. It was amazing. About 99, 2000, whenever they did the merger, and they did like the first like draft. To start. Oh, 2000. Yeah, they got the 2000. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. when WWE merged, you mean? The, the day, yeah, the, yeah, the day of, March. The day of that draft was the last day that I watched wrestling for <laughs> literally a decade. Like, I didn't watch wrestling for like 10 years after that. And then I just got a wild hair. I was like, you know, I really miss wrestling. I, I want to go back and like start catching up and getting back to yeah. the scene. So I came back and I started noticing like all my, like any of my friends that were still into wrestling really like knew backstories of people and knew about people's contracts and damn internet. all the other sources like. Squared Circle and uh, PWNet, uh, yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. You're hearing like behind the scenes kind of stuff. At what point did that become a thing? That it's like wrestling is so much more than what you're seeing on Raw or Night. I wish it wasn't. It's great. <clears throat> um, I mean, really, it's it's you can trace it back to Meltzer, right? Uh, and, and he gets a kayfabe T-shirt. Uh, well, yeah, this is the first thing grab. Uh, 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 Meltzer is is pretty much the forefather of, yeah. of the modern behind the his, scenes. His newsletter's been around since I think the seventies, right? Yeah, seventy one, I think he started. Yeah, no, he. Uh, if you're not familiar, it is the uh, Pro Wrestling Observer. Observer yes, uh, written by Dave Meltzer, and is to this day. It is still a newsletter. It will oh, get yeah. mailed to your house if you want it. Otherwise, you can read it on. Uh, a, a website so shitty, uh, Matt Drudge would criticize it. Uh, but he's the best in the business. He, he has he has an, an, yeah. an encyclopedic knowledge of of the sport and uh, of every federation of every ilk. But from that, he has always remained a pay service. You pay for his newsletter, even now. Uh, what grew from that with the blogging revolution and the message board revolution before that. Uh, was just that again we're not large but we're very passionate oh, yeah. and everybody wants to know everything and everybody wants to bitch about oh, everything there we go okay Screw Tina. yeah that's <laughs> i promise him, use my one i promise him he gets one now. he gets one scrutina uh but yeah no i mean I, I mean, from from your perspective, that would probably be it. It's like message, it's Meltzer message boards in the '90s, and then you know Reddit and social media past well, that. Meltzer's always been doing the the backstage kind of uh, shoot non kayfabe kind of stuff. Yeah, but I've I'm not a huge fan of all that stuff being online or being um, not even being online, just being readily accessible. Like I still believe. I mean, obviously you got that shirt here and says kayfabe. That's a, an actual picture of my license plate on my car. Um, I was brought up in the business to respect kayfabe. I was trained to to uphold it as as much as I. I mean, now I can't. I'm obviously up here shooting, but yeah. Um, but it's it's always bothered me that 
I mean, even before I started wrestling, I was just a fan. Why should I be able to go online and find out that Steve Austin made $11 million in 1998? It's not any of my business. Like, just just even things like things that specific. It's not anyone's business but Steve Austin and Vince McMahon's. Like, well, but we hear about pro athletes' contracts all the time. Right, but I mean, that doesn't mean we it should be out there in the public. hear about actors' contracts all the time. But that doesn't mean it should be out there in the public. That's what I'm saying. Like... It's, it, this is just my opinion of it. Yeah. It's not going to stop, and, it's, and there's no way to avoid it, really. Especially, you know, in 2015, the way we're such a, a, a social media-obsessed um, society now, especially with pro wrestling. Um, but there's just so much, like, to me, the Internet is a detriment. The Internet absolutely hurt the business, um, including Twitter and Facebook, which came later. But I think by the time Twitter and Facebook got as big as they did, or MySpace um, it got as big as they did, I think everything was already out there. You know, it, it was, it was, um... So, when, when you say the internet, you don't mean, like, the tool, the internet, but, like, the internet culture of people, like, like, <laughs> wanting, with that backstage news, right? Right, right. I don't blame, like, Bill Gates for writing Internet Explorer and killing the rest no, of us. No, no, no. But... <laughs> I mean, because, listen, the only reason why I'm doing this panel right now, uh, is because the WWE Network became available, <laughs> and my hiatus from professional wrestling came to a, a merciful close. Uh, and, and I was no, able yeah. to keep up and, and watch a lot of stuff, and I wound up getting way back into the subculture. And the two ways that I have are Reddit and the WWE and network. network. Yeah, but no, but yeah, no. I mean, like people's like a weird like thirst for like this insider knowledge. Like, I, I don't understand. Like I don't. I, I you know, in '86 when the Mets won the World Series, I didn't care how much Jesse Roscoe was making. I just wanted him to throw that last freaking strike so they could win. Like I didn't care about how much Ron Don or anything like that. I just. I just wanted to, I just wanted to enjoy what I was watching. I, I yeah. didn't need to know everything about their personal lives, and and that kind of shit to me doesn't or shouldn't make sense. I shouldn't say doesn't, uh, shouldn't make, shouldn't matter. I should say to to people, and I, I just part of me just doesn't understand why people need to know all that stuff. Like if if they weren't both in the WWE, like why do I need to know that Brian Danielson and Brie Bell are married? Who cares? Like it's not because well, they have a TV show about it. <laughs> why? That, that TV show only exists because of this hunger that people have to know everything behind the scenes. No, it, because it exists they know, because no, Vince McMahon has a hunger for hunger, money. Right. And he no. said, I would like to pay and where's money. That, right, and that money's going to come from people's hunger of this. If this didn't exist, if people didn't have to know every little thing about every freaking superstar's life, yes, but there's, it wouldn't there's, exist. But that's there's my reality point. shows about So that's why I'm going of, back to the internet saying this is yeah. how this all started. And... To me, it just, it's I, weird. I, I, t- I take your point. No, like, I, I never cared about it. I just never cared about it. I just wanted to turn on Raw, watch Stone Cold stun Vince McMahon, and that's all I cared about. I didn't want to know how much Austin got to stun Vince McMahon. It didn't matter to me. He deserved it, too. But, like, nowadays, <laughs> people are, I was in the arena the first night it happened. Oh, when, really? he, when Vince did that really shitty sell where he, like, shook, like, <laughs> like that. I was in the arena. I was like, what is he doing? But uh, I just never understood why all that stuff is so important to people who don't even know these people. You yeah, know, like people think that because Daniel Bryanson or Brian Danielson, yes, <laughs> might uh, tweet like, "Hey, thank you for buying my book to me," that suddenly him and I are friends. I mean, yeah. not me personally, but me as a wrestling fan. Sure, that's that's what I don't understand. Like, why why do people suddenly think that that makes them a friend or of this person? And now it's like, oh, so they're married. You no, know, he's married to her, and they make this much money, and blah blah. And then they're just like, 
Like, t- like I don't know, any, any job I've ever had, I never went online, so they had to make this much, and, and you people should I, you I people understand, deserve I understand, but, but, but there is, I mean, I think there's a very understandable thirst for the fact that, like, this is a business that we love. We love the product. We want to know as much as we can about it, and, and whatever there is to know about it, we would like to know. And I, I would just, like to know. By the way, for the record, I would like to know everything about what everybody's made, and I would like to know who everybody is married, and I would like to know <laughs> whose handbag Randy Orton shit in uh, 15 years ago. Uh, I, I want to know every element. Jerry, was it not Jerry Lawler's? Or Sun- no, it was a Tiva's. It was a Tiva's handbag, I think, right? Well, Xbox shit in Sonny's bag. Yeah. Well, no, was it, it was in her food, wasn't it? Uh, yes. It was in her bag, yeah. It was her, it was her sandwich, yes. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Stuff. That's awesome to hear. Who doesn't want to hear this? There's a whole genre of podcast that is just old wrestlers telling old wrestling oh, yeah. stories. The, you know what? That, know all of it. that story in itself. That story in itself is the main reason why I'm glad I'm on both Xbox and Sonny's good side. <laughs> Man, I, I don't even have an opinion of, uh, of, of uh, you know. I think I, I've loved both their work, and and that's, well, that's one of the coolest parts about being in the business is just. Knowing these people, people as, that yeah. I grew up watching, like I was talking to Metzen about this last night, um, just because his name is Chris, I thought about it. But King Kong Bundy, I just pull him up on my phone, and I'm like, "Hey, Chris, it's Joe." He's like, "Hey, man, how are you?" And it's just it. That still to this day, 15 years later, I've been wrestling. Or 15 years since I've been wrestling, and it still blows my mind. It, it, it just just you saying that just like same just, thing with like, just kills me that like King Kong Bundy, and as he should be is alive that you can call right now and, and, and <laughs> yeah. Roddy Piper isn't. Uh, all right, we, we, we have time for one more, one more question. Do who wants to, uh, come on, who wants to bring it on home? Come on. We have time for 35 more questions. 35. Please. And I'll, I'll give you a free shirt. All right, uh, hey, okay. guys. Um, I'm kind of on the outside on wrestling, you know, but a lot of my people I respect and admire are really into wrestling. Uh, Aronofsky, the director, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Aronofsky, yes. What got you into it? Like, where does that passion come from? Because when I watch it, I'm like, this is kind of amusing. It's funny, but I don't have that that flame that I see yeah, yeah. in you guys. Funny story about the wrestler. I was supposed to be in the locker room scene, and then I didn't go because I was just too lazy to leave the house that day, and all my friends were in it, including my tag team partner who I talked about earlier who passed away. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, damn, I could have done that. <laughs> Um, do you want a shirt for asking a question, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have two left. One of them is based on the movie Goodfellas, and one of them is from the TV show Heroes. <laughs> Which one? Goodfellas. <laughs> That's my newest one. Boom. Okay. Um, what was the moment? Actually, here, Mike. Mike, yeah, uh, you, you, what, what was what was the what was the moment that the flame for professional wrestling was lit within you? Okay, I can't really pinpoint the when I when I started liking it. It's probably like in the eighties because it was just on. Like USA Sunday afternoon, it was, it was probably sometime in that time. But after that, I fell off for a while. But then, what rekindled it the, initially the first time was the NWO and that whole that whole storyline of them, you know, coming over from WWF or WWE, whatever you want to call it, coming over not knowing, um, you know, if they were actually working for the WWF still and just coming in to screw with WCW. And then after that, I was back on for like nine years and then in 2005 I kind of fell off for a while when everything was like the Triple H show or at least Raw was and then came back in recently like when you tweeted about the WB Network I was just like I'm like how much is that you're like 10 bucks like 10 bucks I'm like I'm in yeah I've been back since pretty much 
but so so you would say it was it was the NWO and, and the idea specifically that there was like this larger world that people were like interacting and like you didn't yeah, know whether or not it was true or not. And then the whole um, the Hogan heel turn and all that stuff. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Of like the summer of '96 or whatever. That the one from last week. Oh, the one. Oh. Uh, <laughs> By the way, true story, and this came out during, I think, uh, an episode of Current Geek, uh, there was one soul who was here at Nerdtacular that had a chance to go to that fateful bash at the beach where Hogan uh, joined the NWO, uh, and that is Anthony Carboni. And he didn't go? Did not go. All of his friends went, and he didn't. And now he's doing another panel. And now against look at us. Him. Look at him like a jerk. <laughs> I, I, I remember because I was writing. I forgot what question I wrote for him, but it, yours was of course wrestling questions. Yeah. And then it's like the Hogan heel turn was one of the questions, and then he's like, "Oh man, I could have went to that, and then didn't." And then like, and like I was just like, "Was he? Was it him that was on the show that talked about it?" Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, me and him oh, were on a, on a current kick. Uh, all right, Joey. When uh, when was the the, the the passion for wrestling? It's gonna sound weird, but like, well, as a as a fan, um, I always watched it because my brother watched it, and uh, my brother grew up. Obviously, uh, he's older than me, so he grew up in the '60s, '70s. So he had a whole old time magazines, black and white stuff before they even printed like color magazines. So I just got into it just from watching him watch it. And I was like, my brother was like my hero growing up, so I always watched whatever he watched. And I was like, oh, this is great. So. Uh, so I would I kind of got into it just from him watching it all the time, but then as as a wrestler I saw WrestleMania three I was nine years old, um, and I saw um, Junkyard Dog hit Harley Race with the chair. Nice. And that chair shot was like I want to do that to people. <laughs> and ever since then there was that and there was a, another show um, I think also in '87 but it was after I turned ten years old because I was born in June. So WrestleMania, I wasn't yet 10 after, obviously, uh, after June when I turned 10. But my brother, again, took me to my first live show. And uh, remember um, the Tongan Kid? Yep. The Islanders? So it was the Tongan Kid and Haku against, I don't know, whoever else. But they were obviously heels. And uh, I remember this like it was yesterday. I, I was sitting here. There was kids two or three rows in front of me on the left of me. And... Uh, one of the kids stood up and yelled something at Tonga Kid, who was a bad guy. And he turned around and he goes, shut your goddamn mouth. And the kid instantly waterfalls. I was like, whoa, that kid's crying. Like, he just yelled at him and the kid's instantly crying. So he, like, turned around and hugged his father whatever. And right then, I was like, I want to do that. Like, that's great. <laughs> like, I want to make people cry and I want to whack people in the head with chairs. And, and then he did to that one kid. Well, oh, yeah, right. I didn't even think about that. That's pretty funny. When you wish upon a star. But that, that's, that's when I first decided I wanted to do it. And then just, you know, watching it more and more, just like, that's kind of how the passion grew. And it's still, just because I'm now, like, retired and, and June 20th was my last match, uh, I'm still in the business. I still do stuff. I, I do a podcast for a company. Uh, I just did a training seminar uh, in, in uh, earlier, earlier in June. Um, I'm doing some uh, backstage commentary stuff and producing some of that so I'm still kind of involved um, but this is now like my chance to give back so the business gave me amazing things for 15 years um, I, I've got this DVD out right now that I, I wouldn't be able to do this without without my girlfriend first of all but without being in the business to begin with um, I've been in two novels I've been in two comic books I've been on a bunch of Scott Johnson shows I've been on Jerry talked about me on his show, which I, I thanked him for tremendously last night. Um, 
Jeez, I mean, a video game, I mean, I don't know, there's just, I've gotten movie scripts, not that I've done anything, but I've gotten movie scripts sent to me because of who I am or who I was in wrestling or whatever. So the business has given me so much in 15 years that now it's my turn to give back. So now it's it's still, I'm still passionate about it, obviously, but now it's like a different, I'm, I'm living out that passion in a different way, I guess. Um, so it's still, it's still there and, and it just, it grew from watching a chair shot in like 1987. You know, I don't know uh, for me what year it was, but there was a tape, uh, a tape, a home video version of an old Survivor series. And this has to be, man, either 89 or 90 that I made my mom rent so many times. Uh, that she eventually just got sick of it. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about this when you were on the wrestling show. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was it was it was right at the point of Sergeant Slaughter's uh, heel turn, uh, where he became oh, yeah, right. uh, sympathetic <laughs> to uh, yeah to to the Iraqis uh, under the tutelage of the villainous Iron and Sheik. They, they made him pronounce Saddam Hussein incorrectly, yeah. so people wouldn't think instead of saying Saddam, he had to say Saddam. Yeah. Which uh, is not really a better pronunciation if you think about that word, but... Well, and also professional <laughs> wrestling, of course, always noted for its subtlety. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chuck. But, uh, yeah, you know, so it was, it was that, that that started off, but really, I mean, I was a teenager during the mid to late 90s, you know? that That's really where it all came together, and, and it was really... Where, where wrestling kind of took a quantum leap forward for me in terms of storytelling. Uh, and it's really a place that uh, I think, hopefully, you know, we can, can like, uh, you know, the, the, there are great, there are amazing uh, independent wrestling that, that do uh, a lot of this, but, uh, you know, we, we haven't replicated uh, in, in you know, WWE, I think, since, in terms of being able to keep uh, compelling, Characters that you could just throw in a ping pong, like like a lottery ball oh, yeah. hopper, and then say, "All right, well, you face him, and you face him, and you yeah, face him, and you face him, out. and everybody." And it matters, and it's cool, not because any of the people facing each other have That's heat right. or, or or hate each other, but because like, oh, it's really rad to see Las Bariquas fight the New Age Outlaws. And, like, and it, every, it's just every ball has Steve Austin written on it. <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, every, yeah, every 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 ball gets uh, cracked by Steve Austin at the end of the match because uh, he's got to appear at the beginning and end of every hour for uh, the ratings to count. Uh, yeah, uh, but but yeah, no, I mean that that's probably I mean that that was when when I became super passionate about it. But since then, it it really has been on the meta level and, and me loving and appreciating the storytelling elements. And, it's it's so hard to keep up with storytelling on the independence because. We don't all have weekly TV, or I mean, thankfully, thank God for for freaking YouTube. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I found out last night from from Randy Jordan that there's him and guys he worked with that watch my YouTube videos, which I think is insane. Yeah. But thank God for like YouTube and, and, and Vimeo and all this other but stuff. But really, the, the storytelling in the in, in, in the independence, it, it, like where where you've worked uh, a lot, is almost more. Uh, it's almost more challenging, or it, right, it is, because it is we don't have... more challenging because you need to. T- like the character has to evolve so almost glacially. Yeah. Like it's got to be like you know you are if you're a good guy you are going to be a good guy 
for two and a half years, you know? Because you got to expect that an average person probably won't make it out to every monthly show. Exactly. And so by the time they want to, you want to see them as a good guy. So by the time enough, by the time that you're not a good guy anymore, uh, it's like, oh my God, he was such a he was such a nice boy, and now he's falling in with these thugs. Right. Well, that's it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not everyone's watching all the YouTubes too. I mean, Grand Slam does YouTube every month and or every week, I should say. And I mean, I don't know when we first started doing that, we weren't getting millions of views every week. So it's 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 not only is it difficult for us to 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 write or to perform compelling storylines and meetings, but it's, it's just a lot of fans don't even keep up with it. But it's also, regularly, you know, it, 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 it's a live, it's a live performance. It's a live comic book. You know, and, and, and that's something that I think as we, as we wrap this up, I, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to say. I don't want to wrap this up. What was that? I, I don't want to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, I, I've had a, a tremendous privilege because of uh, my, my my day job at the Go Game to fly around all over the country and, and see uh, amazing uh, independent wrestling. Some very large, like like Ring of Honor, and, and some you know very small, like Hood Slam or, or GSW, where I saw your final match, uh, and and a lot in between, like uh, you know NXT, which I've had a chance to see in, in Florida, and I would recommend anybody see in yeah. Florida if, if you get a chance, or now that they're touring a little bit more. Yes, CW Zero, right in this town. Uh, right you know, just yeah, go go and see live wrestling. There is nothing better, and uh, especially if it's independent. NXT is great to go see, but it's owned by the big guys. If you're gonna go, if you're gonna well, go you know, watch live wrestling, here's the amazing part about NXT: is that like you are watching things that could like that have like main evented in Japan. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. In, that's, in, that's what's but, insane. But it's in the same. You play the bigger venue. Than every time I've seen NXT. Yeah. It, it was tinier VFW halls than what you played when, when I saw you. Right. And, and yet. But you look at like Finn Balor and Steen and Smojo. And oh my God. Yeah. And it's just, it just a freak show. But it comes of all, all, all stripes and all, all, all kinds. And you know what, what I saw at GSW was, was, uh, you know, a, a straight ahead physical uh, performance. You know, it is, it is the illustration of a fight. It is the illustration of conflict, almost more. You can almost see more passion, and I'm not just saying this because I'm an independent, but you can almost see more passion on an indie show than on a WWE show because those guys are already there. The wolf climbing the hill is generally hungrier than the one that's already on top. Well, and you have very basic and understood restrictions. Here's your match. Oh, yeah, right, right. Here's what happens. Here's the time you that the time it takes for you but to do. But the guys in WWE are the same thing. Yeah. Well, uh, but That's also exactly. they have it even more restricted because they have specific. They have TV a time. lot more restricted. It's cheat to the hard camera. I know guys. Sure that, have, that I know guys that have been uh, booked for for WWE matches as tryouts and have been cut because so and so went long and then they That's took it. their whole TV time and now sorry buddy go home take You're care. Done. It's over. Uh, uh, PD was. Uh, did you want to ask a, a question? Do you just want to say something? Chikara, Chikara is amazing. Chikara I don't know. Is, what was that? I don't know. You don't like Chikara? I, I wouldn't say I don't like it. I've been to their shows. Quackenbush is a good dude. Um, you He's know, got a reputation. I know right? a lot of their guys. Oh yeah, that's his wife. Um, anyway, uh, I don't know. It's it's there's I'm I'm I'm, I'm in the middle with those guys. Like a, a, part of me is on the side that this is not wrestling because a guy in an Elmo suit can beat up a guy in a hot dog costume. And, okay, I don't understand. I would never, ever see Tully Blanchard or Ric Flair do that. That's pro wrestling. This is theater. 
So there, there's there's very much two, and, and Chikara is very much love or hate. There's no in the middle. There's like, oh, this is awesome, and this is performance art, which is what it's meant to be. And then there's the, the purists and the realists like myself that are like, I want to watch Slade Blanchard wrestle Ric Flair. I want to watch Flair and Harley Race, or I want to watch Seth Rollins and, and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I don't want to watch a, an Elmo costume beat up, uh, you know, the Egyptians that are going to do the snake dance and then you're going to suddenly be frozen. Or I'm, I'm going to watch... The most you illegal know, move in the history yes. of wrestling. Or, or I want to watch Los Ice Creams, you know, beat up the player, the, 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 the Smash Brothers. And, it's the greatest. And I, I, I'll say, actually, I'll say this, though. I like the Smash Brothers gimmick with the Nintendo controllers on their side and they hit pause and everyone free. I, I like it for what it is, but to me, it's not wrestling. Well, I mean, this, I guess, but that, that's my point, is that there are all stripes, you know, and, and professional wrestling yeah, is, not, is not... Not, not it, everyone's going to appeal to everything. Not everything's going to appeal to everyone. It is not one thing, and that's Anymore. what's great, you know, uh, is that you have a chance. There is somebody, you know, I used to say when he's... Like, your big battles, same thing. Sure. Uh, you know, like, I used to say when he used to live in New York City, that if you were not doing exactly what you wanted to do at that moment... Uh, either you didn't have money for it, or uh, it was up to you. Like, you just didn't want to move your ass out of the house. Yeah. Because yeah. somebody's doing it. Somebody's doing it. It's probably very reasonable. You could do it fairly cheap, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what it's like in professional wrestling right now. I, I give you, you all can watch the, exactly the professional wrestling you'd like. I give unlimited amounts of respect and credit to Jakara for doing what they're doing and going out there and doing something different. It's just not for me. Although I did come up with a Jakara gimmick. That I spoke the Quack and Bush about, and I just never run around doing it. What was your Shikara gimmick? Can you, can you reveal it? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was going to be under hood called Ultimo Guido. Ultimo Guido? Was, I only spoke in Italian, <laughs> and I, I, would, I would not acknowledge any of the referees' counts because they, uh, if they were in English, they had to be in Italian. He had, <laughs> he had to read me the rules in Italian, otherwise I wouldn't follow them. And That's then great. it was going to be me and Johnny Toxic, who I don't know if you met him at the show, but you I saw know, him. Yeah. It was going to be him. He's Mexican, so he was going to be Ultimo Mexicano. And gotcha. the thing is, in other places, him and I have feuded for years. Yeah. We're friends in real life. We've feuded for years, so we were going to bring that up. And then it, there was going to be a promo where one of us gets unmet. First of all, the, the, the gimmick was we were going to be a tag team, but yeah. we don't know that each other is each other. So we, we, we acknowledge that Joey Image and Johnny Tosser oh, are feuding. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right, gotcha, so we acknowledge gotcha. Joey Image and Johnny Tosser are feuding, but Ultimate Weed and Ultimate Econo aren't feuding because they don't know that it's Joey Image and Johnny Tosser. No, so until one day, one day, day. Unmet, right. And then the other one realizes, holy shit, it's you, and starts beating the crap out of me, and then yes. we, we do another few from there. But I'm shocked. That is I never that actually intense, complex, labyrinthian, and would take months and months of oh, backstory yeah, to understand. Absolutely. I'm shocked Jakar didn't do it. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things to do in wrestling is writing storylines. I would love writing stuff. Yeah. Or coming up with gimmicks and stuff like that. So that was something that I came up with that I just I mentioned it to Clack and Bush one day and then I never mentioned never it. Followed again, up on and it. I never followed up with it. But uh, it would have been fun to do. All right. Who wants the last shirt? It's free. Yeah, it's, we got uh, it. It's based on the TV show Heroes. So if you remember the, um, it's coming back. The show it's back that, in a big original, way. It's got the logo on the front, and then their their tagline was "Save the cheerleaders, save the world." All right. So Here, this, you want to know what? No, 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 no. No one gets it for free. Somebody, we, we, we have, we have oh, a, we have a one question. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. This, let me just finish the tagline. So the tagline for Heroes was "Save the cheerleaders, save the world." So since I'm a wrestler, this is of course "Save the spandex, save the world." <laughs> so what are we doing? Uh, we need a short question. We need one short question. Like from a short uh, person, you mean? Or just yeah, you better uh, yeah, listen. <laughs> they, can, they can live their gimmick. <laughs> see, this dude came from England just to see me, just like that girl came from Germany to see my last match. So, confession to make, which I made to Joey last night. Never watched wrestling. 
It was always on satellite TV as a kid. Didn't have it. Fenced into it. Never got round to it. Well, now that I'm not wrestling, there's no reason to watch. <laughs> so getting into it now, where do you start? Because there's so much narrative, there's so much story. <sighs> the WWE Network. <laughs> where do you start? Um, well, I think it depends. Give, on give him, give him one pay per view. Yeah, well, give him one pay per view on the network. And he gets the shirt. Oh man! And he gets the shirt. Hey, come on! Yeah, yeah, yeah Steve. That, that here. We'll, 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 we'll end on giving this man. Oh, give him a round of applause. Here's 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 how we'll wrap it up. We give him one pay per view uh, that he can watch on the network. Uh, that that'll that'll uh, give him and, and why it will inform why uh, or, uh, his his current viewing. I don't want to say my favorite pay per view because that took place in '89, so that's kind of old. That's fine. WrestleMania Five. That was my favorite. Why? Storytelling, um, wrestling, actual wrestling, not like outlandish weird stuff. Um, I, that's the only WrestleMania where I liked every, even Bobby Heenan and, and the Red Rooster. I liked yeah. every single match. I don't know why I liked that match. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what, so, what, so what are the matches that he should uh, specifically, again, you're talking to a guy who's just getting... Uh, I think Macho Man and Hogan, because Macho Man and Hogan had the Elizabeth factor. So that was drama, uh, dramatic storytelling with a woman involved in the love triangle thing. Yeah. They've only done that. Three hundred times a year. I don't know why they thought it was believable that Hogan would be interested in his friend's wife. What? She's white. <laughs> what? Because she's white. I, I guess I get the uh, Bubba yeah. reference. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it in the heel direction, <laughs> brother. Brother. Uh, uh, I would say that. So, if, so WrestleMania uh, five. That's that's the that's that's the one. Uh, yeah, I mean I can't just because it it that's that's as but, good but as the, it, as, as good is, as it's been done. But the thing is, that's the only like that is an excellent pay per view by itself. Yeah. Like I I could see someone that's a new fan watching that and then okay I don't need to watch anything else. Like I I would I would want to recommend to him something that they would watch and then he would be like oh I want to see how this storyline ends up so I yeah. want to keep like at that in that match Hogan just wins the belt and that's it. Yeah. But like I would, I would want to give him something that's like he's going to say, "Oh, well, I want to see where this goes." It's hard to give a WrestleMania as an example because that's where they tie up most of those ends. Yeah, and it's also the best. Oh, for me, I yeah. don't really know where he. Royal Rumble '89. That's a good one. I mean, I don't know, but my favorite WrestleMania probably was '17. But I don't know Houston. that. I don't. I don't know how you, how that would work if you're like just looking for, um, you know, what storylines to follow. That's but what I mean, one one thing that I that we do or you do pretty much every pay per view if possible is. Jump in Justin's stream when he does the, re- the like reaction stream. To I still have to do that. I still have to watch that, by the way. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, come on, we'll be in the come on into the chat room. Whenever, whenever there's a WWE pay per view and that goes for everybody, hop on in. Can I just say my my, my favorite? It's fine. I, I I I should put him on YouTube. Can I just say my real, just really quick? My favorite non wrestling thing from WrestleMania 17 was Undertaker driving that bike like a mile and a half down the ramp at yeah. like full speed. That was amazing. That was rad. Yeah, of course it was Biker Taker, though, so that part kind of sucked. But... No, no, I was a big fan of that. Oh, I'm, I'm into Biker Taker. Yeah, you need, you, had, you, had to rest, uh, you had to rest the dead guy. The dead you know, guy had to rest. You know what was cool, you know what was cool about that? Um, and I know we got to wrap up, but what's cool about that was right now I'm very, very close friends with Ed Ferrara, who was Vince yep. Russo's writing partner for WWE, WCW, TNA, back in WWE for a little bit. Um, so all that Monday Night Wars stuff and all that ad to our stuff, he wrote it. So this guy's a good friend of mine now. So every once in a while I'll ask him, what I call Mark questions. So I'll yeah. text him and go, hey, can you tell me about this? So one day I, I sent him a message. I'm like, I go, I'm just curious. The Undertaker streak thing, was that planned or after just, the, after the first couple of WrestleManias yeah. where he didn't lose? They just, he's like, no, no, no one had any idea. Like, after, after 
the fourth win in a row, somebody said, hey, we may have something here. Like, we should kind of go with this. Yeah. So I, I think that is a great example, Mania 17, because that's the streak thing obviously is in there, but that was such a an organic um, storyline that, like I said, they didn't plan on that at all. That just kind of happened. Um, and well, it was super organic, and it worked out great until... Yeah, and you know, the, the amazing matches, like, we had, you had Rock and Austin, I think it was their second match. Rock and Hogan, I thought was really good, too. Yeah. Just so because... I think, I think that was 18. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I just mean in general. Oh, yeah, in general. Yeah, it was great. And then they had, you know, TLC was at two, I think? Yeah. Yeah, TLC two. Great matches. And then, you know, they had the awesome heel turn, which was kind of weird, but... Yeah. Yeah, that didn't work out that well. Not so much. Not so much for Austin. It Here's, here's what I would say for you, sir. If, if you want a sense of the modern WWE way of story, uh, storytelling done about as well <laughs> as I think it's been done... Uh, what is the what is the, the the Cena Punk Money in the Bank? Oh, two thousand eleven. Where he left? Two thousand eleven. Uh, it, it 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 features very very prominently uh, CM Punk, who uh, this yeah. uh, fine sir is is We're paying homage to. But uh, it, it's it's I almost don't want to spoil uh, the, the the elements of it. It, it oh, does a great job of recapping everything that went into it, uh, but. That is what is referred to as the reality era now. Yeah. It's about as good as that storytelling can get. And then the ending is just amazing. The match is great. Yeah, that would be And, and, and the Money to Bank matches are always fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for That's coming good. out to the thank wrestling show. I think we should do this next year. Except next year we're going to have a two-hour show. Do it. The rematch. <laughs> we'll, uh, maybe maybe we, can, uh, we can finally get Dills in and we'll do a fatal four-way. Yes. Uh, but thank you guys so I'm much for coming out. Anybody wants a DVD, they're up here. I take cash and I have yeah, a Yeah, no, buy, buy the gimmicks. Buy uh, the gimmicks. And I don't know.